You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stag Sports Network Spring Season Preview Series, a podcast series where we dive into each of Fairfield's spring sports teams and kind of take a look at their upcoming schedule, take a quick back look back at last year's season, really just kind of remind everybody of what this year's group is like because remember last year when we had spring season it was the middle of the fall spring season and kind of the winter season at the same time so like for you guys at home it's a nice little reminder piece of what's to come but um i'm sitting down with truly one of my favorites laura field the head coach of women's lacrosse and we were kind of talking a little bit before we went on and i was going to bring this up at the back end but i think let's just go ahead and start this right now um there's a lot of new pieces that are coming into the team, both on the field, that's college sports. You get athletes, student athletes that come in, they're here for their time that they leave, but there's a big piece that's missing off the field. You were able to see them a couple of days ago, and that being Ann Murray, who is now the head coach at Columbia. Fantastic opportunity for her. It's something that's been well-deserved for a long period of time. Well, we're happy to see her progress gutted that she is not wearing the red and the white of the Stags jersey. But how is Anne doing? First off, how are you as well? Yeah, no, I'm doing great. It's great to see you. Um, we had the opportunity at the time of this taping. We were able to play Columbia um, the day before. So we were able to see Anne. Um, it's great to see her. You know, I think, uh, as you said, um, we are wildly excited for the opportunity for her as much as we will miss her. But, you know, I'm happy to return Kara, happy to add uh, Jen Peretta to our staff, who's awesome and uh, a great addition. So, um, you know, we're able to hit the ground running, and I think everybody's where they should be and excelling in their, their individual fields. Yeah, so we are – Feb 7 is the day that we are recording this podcast, which is the week of a game week. Game day coming up on Saturday, which is fantastic. First off, how's the group? They've got to be buzzing at this point, right? Yeah, I think we're very excited um, for, for games. I mean, you know, we were able to have a semblance of a normal season last year, but playing somebody out of conference, um, for a lot of these kids, it's the first time they'll have played anybody out of conference. Um, certainly adds to a level of excitement. And, um, you know, we, we scheduled, as you well know, a, a pretty challenging uh, non-conference slate. So um, opening right up and jumping right in is something that we want to do as soon as the uh, opening weekend starts. Yeah, we'll get to that schedule just right now since we're teeing it up. So Holy Cross away, familiar face. We also welcome back UConn, a familiar face, a ranked UConn team yeah, as well. Yeah, Fantastic year last year getting to the NC tournament. Then away to Wagner, which is the rematch of uh, the opening round game in 2019. Home to BU, away to Hofstra, a new face in Lafayette, taking on uh, them. Then returning to where things closed down two years ago, away to Denver. And then a 5 o'clock home game with Sacred Heart. Kind of a nice back-to-back with the men's team right before uh, getting league playoffs. So you talk about how that schedule, obviously a lot of familiar teams for those who are used to seeing what Fairfield non-conference schedule looks like. But um, what does this challenge look like uh, for this year's team, especially with a lot of players that are not returning because of graduation? I think the biggest challenge is uh, the unknown. Um, I think a lot of us haven't, uh, you know, obviously we haven't played each other, so we're not as familiar. And, uh, you know, oftentimes we do go off of the familiarity of playing year to year, which helps. Um, but that's kind of fun, too, because it, again, adds another layer of, like, are we ready? Um, so if someone who is a non-conference game can throw us something that we haven't seen in a while that you know, the league doesn't do, it helps to prepare us for the league. So, you know, we, we are calculated in who we play. It's a challenging schedule. I'm, you know, we know that. We know coming off of the, the 2020 shortened season, which had a lot of these teams, how challenging it is. 
but I know that our, our team is excited to play those, those, those other teams. And, you know, we don't want to hide from good teams. Um, I'm excited that UConn's having a great run for the last couple of years. That makes it more challenging for us. You know, Denver, you know, you, you have a host of, of teams that we're playing that are really great nationally. Great. We need to put ourselves into that mix. Now, you and I have had this discussion a lot over the last few years, especially about how the country perceives Max, Mac Wims lacrosse to be. And we do see a number of these teams not only stepping up and increasing the degree of difficulty in their schedule, but they're also taking a few games from that as well. So I think we kind of started this discussion like four or five years ago. So from that perspective, really kind of when you took over the reins of the head coach of this program to where we are now, how much improved for maybe someone that's not that familiar um, – that the Mac are actually saying, hey, we're not just playing games to play games and maybe get wins. We're winning these games and coming into league play with above 500 records. You know, I've been saying it for years, and I, I think I get I get caught up in saying, ah, oh, it's coach speak, that the, the conference has gotten stronger every year. But I, I firmly believe that that's the truth. You know, I think just by virtue of the games, if you watch the, the conference games we play against each other, they're tighter and they're more tactical and they're you know higher scoring and, and they're more exciting simply. You know, you can see that the level has risen. The coaching is phenomenal. Um, consistent coaching, which is what I've always said is the key to a strong conference, um, it's there. So, you know, it's it's not just rhetoric. Every single game is a tough game because we all challenge ourselves out of conference. So we hit the ground running in conference. Um, I, I don't think I take any game lightly, and I don't think I can take any game lightly in conference. No, not anymore. I mean, it's funny that you bring up how – deep this league is i'm looking back at how last year's tournament and i know last year's tournament was an anomaly and how it was kind of shaped up to be maris is never going to be an eight seed no. ever in any year <laughs> but that game with iona which was here the opening round game that goes down to the wire mm -hmm. you say four years ago that maris and iona are going to play a one goal game in the playoffs probably never in your wildest dreams and that's with no disrespect to any teams elsewhere but it shows how improved teams at the bottom are moving up obviously yes you did have seeds that you know advance in the conference tournament but every game seemed that it could go either way and it could be decided by the last couple of possessions so it's difficult to kind of look at how this league is right now because now you do have a number of familiar faces that have graduated, utilized their grad year. But um, do you see that kind of continuing this year and maybe even one of those teams in six, seven, eight, nine that can make that jump up? I especially see it continuing this year. I think okay. even in doing the preseason poll, um, it, you know, it's tough to judge who might be the quote unquote bottom half because those teams they'll catch you and they do return players and the players have an extra year of, of, of knowledge base under them. Yes, it was a shortened year, but we got a lot of games in. Um, so I, I do think that you can't count out any individual team to be a spoiler. Um, you know, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think it gives us a level of anxiety in that, you know, you know, 15 years ago, you could define who the top three teams in the league were and you could take some games to be lighter and, and mess around with lineups and do that type of stuff. You really can't do that. Um, and it's good for us. It's good for the conference. It's good for us nationally. Um, but it definitely uh, promotes a little bit of anxiety. It does. Last year, I think, was uh, no different to anxiety because you look at how that schedule worked. And, I mean, again, fair play to try and get as many games in for every team as possible under circumstances that we never had to deal with before. But you're playing back-to-backs. You teams, it seemed that everybody had some sort of a COVID shutdown last year. In fact, it saw that Marist may have not even gotten a chance to play a playoff game because they only had played two up until their campus closed down. So um, last year it was what it was, but we saw your group really start to 
know, the character arc it, during pandemic time, we watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> we get to understand character developments and see how teams, in this case, teams just progress. And it seemed that every game things started to kind of pick itself up. Okay. Maybe one day the defense wasn't fully at their best. One day the offense might've been a drag out, but as the season went on, things kind of fell more and more into place. And, Boy, that last game of the year, when you want your team to be playing at its yeah. best against Siena, a fantastic <laughs> opponent, it seemed like you played the perfect game in the MAC championship game. But um, what was that like for you and trying to get that team to that point, knowing that you never know if tomorrow might be it? You know, I think for us, the arc of a season is always uh, the long game. You know, you, you want to use some of your earlier games to get ready. Of course, we want to win them. We want to yeah. be competitive. But we also want to use them to be ready for when it counts. Um, and that's how we've always looked at a season. So... Yeah, we are. We, we, we peaked at the right time, I would say. Um, but we had tough games coming into that weekend. Yeah. Um, so to get there was even, I mean, we, we we had some really close games. So, you know, I think our players have a little bit of experience under their belt with that, which helps. Um, but uh, this is a brand new team yep. with a lot of new faces. So we have to relay that groundwork this year to make sure that they understand that it's not about what you do, you know, in February. It's about what you do in May. Um, that's, those are the games that count. So we've got to put ourselves in good position to learn. And then we have to put ourselves in good position to get to May. Speaking of learning, through that process of last year, how much did you learn about yourself and how your coaching staff can manage a team? Um, was things changed a little bit? You know, I, I think um, I have a great coaching staff. Yep. Um, I currently have a great coaching staff. Last year was a great coaching staff. I think um, they do a really good job about being resilient with yep. whatever challenges come at. And that's coaching in, in, in nature. Um, you have to be able to be pragmatic and roll with the punches a little bit. Um, you know, COVID added a layer of massive uncertainty, but injuries do that as well. Um, or, or just any given challenge that you might face um, for, you know, an 18 to 22 year old. Yep. Um, you know, and I think being able to roll with the punches and look at what we have and make the best out of it and, and coach them up no matter who they are. But it's not just us. The team bought in. You know, we've always had really great leadership. We're benefited from that. And so the fact that, you know, we're able to have good deep conversations. All right, this is what we need this week because this is the challenge facing us. And someone else will rise into that gap. Um, it's one of the things I've always loved about our team. You never really know who's going to rise into a hole that may have been created through something not your own power, and someone will rise into that hole. I mean, there's a lot of different names that, that are returning mm -hmm. that did do that last year. I mean, I can remember Ariana Lavelle was probably the player that most stood out because you never saw her really for her first 1.25 seasons that she was here and then all of a sudden boom she's going and having six point days um a number of different players that you could really throw into that but uh for those players that are still around what were some of the conversations have you had with them in the build-up to this season that they're now going to be the leaders they're not just ones listening to the senior class yeah i think they're excited and and they're a little anxious about it but i um you know having a scrimmage helps. Yep. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, Oh no, I'm ready. It's another thing to be put to the test. And, and whereas I can sit from this seat and say, they're, they're ready. They are. Um, they're going to have some doubts for a second, but you know, again, we have a great team dynamic in the sense that if one person's having a tough day, someone else is going to lift them. It's, it's very much in their nature to make sure that the person next to them is thriving. So whether that's a typical leader is having a tough day, someone else will step in and push them forward a little bit. Um, we're, we're blessed to have a team that, that operates like that. So I'm curious you know, for some of the people that might not be familiar with some of the new faces that are kind of rising to those roles. Kind of give us a little bit of an idea who 
whether it's their on-field performance or the ones that are kind of the rallying cries on the mm-hmm. bench that are taking those various roles to becoming leaders, who are they? Well, and I will jump on that segue to talk about our bench a little bit, you know, because I think that's something that doesn't always get talked about. Sure. Um, you know, our bench last year was transformative. It was a different version of, of anything I've ever seen before. The volume, the energy, and that's carried forward. And it's carried forward with different players being on that bench. Um, but it's exciting to see them get excited to watch the game and watch their teammates. So I'll start with that because that's something for us that, that was a very big, noticeable change. And if you watch the games, you're going to see that. Um, and sorry, to kind of butt in for yeah. a second, for those that might not be too familiar with what you're talking about, that's communication. Yep. That's obviously getting everybody excited. But energy. You have to be involved because you're they're the ones that are seeing things that maybe the players aren't mm-hmm. seeing on the field as well. So how important is that to make sure that, yeah, you have the energy, but you're – giving the right energy and the right information. Well, and you'll see it in that if we have a timeout, and now we have quarters, so we see almost, uh, it looks like a timeout, where we'll come in, you will see them coaching each other. You'll see kids that were watching on the bench, um, you know, gesturing and showing the hand motions of something that they saw that they can lay in, even if we're doing it with another group. Um, They're they're there to help each other out. You know, I think you want to foster an environment where, you want someone else to succeed as much as you want to succeed. We're we're getting close to fostering that exact environment. So um, I can't I can't talk about that group of people enough. They are vital to our success, um, and that has been a noticeable change. That's a difference in the last two years. Um, that's probably you know the one thing that that COVID gave us was a lot of time together in our bubble, um, and you can see it playing out in how close the group is. It's fascinating though because you talk about the group that's that's been here, but. The new players that are coming in, they really haven't had that mm-hmm. much opportunity to, you know, the recruiting process is special, right? Because you get to bring these stu- potential student athletes in to kind of meet the team, to understand kind of the dynamics. Didn't really have much of that over the last 18 months prior to this summer. So how have they kind of meshed in and understood the bar that's been set uh, from last year's group? We have a small freshman class, which I think helps. Um, in that, you know, there, there's just fewer people to acclimate, but they're also, it's an easy buy-in. I think personality-wise, character-wise, they, they fit really well. Um, again, our team is really, you know, welcoming and open to that group. Um, and, and, you know, it's a little bit of trial by fire. They jump in, we're going to play it. We're going to play them a bunch. Um, you know, they need to get their feet wet and, and get their jitters out, but we can do that. And again, other people are saying, it's all right, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to get better. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to stand with us as we get you better. Absolutely. On field, obviously, a lot of people are going to be looking at Kelly Horning, who, I mean, Mac midfielder of the year last year, all region last year, the preseason player of the year this year, and probably someone, the pace that she's going, she could be at the top of a number of different career statistical categories in Fairfield women's lacrosse history, but she is one player. There's a lot of other pieces that can be coming to the table. Who are you most excited about? To kind of, ha- and I know you love every player as equally. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I just, I just looked up at the who, sky. I don't know. Who, who are some <laughs> players that you're kind of excited about this opportunity this year to really kind of take this year into their own? I think you know, not to dodge the answer, but I think I'm excited about our entire senior class. Okay. I think they've had a run, you know, obviously where their season was truncated, and then they, you know, we had a shortened season in general last year. Um, the, a, a fair amount of them are coming back from some type of catastrophic injury within their career. Yeah. Um, and they've been waiting to rise into these roles. And, and you're going to see that. You're going to see that um, pretty much in every position on the field. 
Um, and I kind of include Kelly Horning in that senior group just because we drop her into that senior yeah. class. Um, you know, and she's unassuming. You know, you may have a game where you don't notice, and then you look at the stat sheet and you notice her everywhere. Um, it, it, it's, she's kind of a fun player like that. She could just as easily have been the defensive player of the year as an offensive player of the year um, for what she puts out there. But you'll hear it in the voices, I think, is the best way you're going to see, like, who I'm excited to see. You'll hear our seniors talking. You'll hear Caroline Mangan talking. You'll hear Kayla Bay. You'll hear Ellie Graffenstead. You'll hear all of these players on the field being communicating, talking to their teammates, leading um, in example and leading in, in vocal communication. Um, I'm excited to see them get a full season um, and kind of get the accolades that they probably, in my opinion, deserve. And it's more than just that group, but, um, you know, I am excited to see what the upperclassmen, juniors and seniors really get out of this year. Well, it's funny that you say that senior class include Kelly Horning into that because that's a 10-person class. Mm -hmm. Now, it's funny that we kind of flip that back to last year's class. Not your biggest class in the world in terms of seniors, but boy, the impact that they had. And fair play to them because you talk about losing a season, what could have been for a lot of them their senior years, and then coming back to say, well, our job, our our mission is not done yet. speaks volumes to what they did, but... Boy, they're going to leave a few uh, oh, yeah. shoes to fill. It's undeniable. I think, um, you know, we, we I, when I talk about these holes or the gaps, it, it's um, it's that we lost a, a fair amount of starters. I mean, every single one of those kids started. Yep. Um, and Five, as, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, um, it's not a secret that we have to replace them. I think we have the people and the personalities to replace them, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, uh, in our first couple games, I think that will be noticeable. Um, that's where we have to say, okay, we lost this person. Who is going to who's going to not be that person, but be a version that is their own version of that? What we lost. It's an opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and and again, uh, we're I think we're excited for the opportunity. As much as that might give some people pause, great, it gives some people opportunity. One person that I did want to know, and not for what she's done in a Fairfield jersey, but what she's now going on to do is Megan Graham, another one of your former players or yeah. someone within Fairfield women's lacrosse who has gone on to continue giving back to the game. She is now an assistant at VCU, um, which is fantastic yep. for her. What an opportunity, by the way. But um, this is it's she's not the first person. No, we had a great it, coaching tree. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. how special is that now knowing that – and you've been here, whether it's head coaching or associate head coaching – assistant coaching will have it. A lot of players have gone on. So how special is that for a Fairfield program who they're not the ACCs of the world, they're not the Big Tens of the world, but you got players that are continuing to give back to the game and just share the knowledge that they have. I'm, I'm super proud of them. Um, you know, we have Riley Smith at Delaware. We have Jenna Slowey at Notre Dame, obviously May Graham. Um, and we've had a slew of other coaches come through uh, throughout our years. Uh, it's It's really exciting to see how much they love the game. I think, you know, it's something that we take for granted here that you're imparting um, a, a long-term love of the game and wanting to impact it um, coming back. I am proud of how they coach. I think they're all very much invested in, you know, not just coaching the sport, but making sure that players feel an impact. Players feel um, that when they get out of the experience that they have at those schools and those institutions with those coaches, that they are better humans for it. Um, I, I think that's something that we try to do here. Um, you know, I'm smiling as I, I talk to you about it because yep. uh, they're my girls, but I'm, I'm super proud of who they are becoming as coaches. I'm curious, uh, and you don't have to divulge too, too much yeah. here, but um, for players that go on immediately after their college career ends, how much are you kind of still hearing from them and like questions about coaching? And oh, stuff I mean, like I reach out to them with questions. I think yep. I'm like, hey, is this how you're feeling? Is this what you're seeing? Um, I talk very regularly to all three of them, even if it's just to check in and be like, hey, how's the madness? <laughs> you know, it's preseason. Um but I, I actually hear from them 
a ton and you know they're colleagues now yep. you know they're not they're not my players at this point they they are colleagues and so i value their opinion i value their hard work we have them at camp they have me at their camps um you know i may graham will assume go forward with that as well um but but i'm i'm excited to see them succeed i'm excited to see the, you know each of them are at new places for this year um, to see how they take on their their new challenges. Will we see Fairfield go down south and play VCU? Well, again? Who knows? Who knows? That, that's an enticing trip. Yeah, going it down is. South. It is. Yeah, it's better than going uh, to Notre Dame and, and freezing a little bit. So, with the greatest respect to Notre Dame, of course. <laughs> um, you mentioned this, and this was kind of the bit that I wanted to finish this on. Um, women's lacrosse has evolved in the last five six years. The big one is this year. It's quarters now. It's not halves. Um, for those that don't know, it's four 15-minute quarters down from the two 30-minute halves. You talked about kind of that mini break that you're going to get when teams change ends. How much does this change the game? Yeah, there are a couple rules that are in this year that are going to change the game. The shot clock is a little bit of a variation. So, um, you know, some of the resets are going to be shorter. Yep. So there'll be 60-second uh, resets. So you'll see the game speed up a little bit. It's in pursuit of making the game a little bit faster, um, in pursuit of um, – getting us to a, a streamlined game for hopefully inclusion into the Olympics eventually. Yep. Um, you'll see you'll see it play out. I think everyone feels a little bit differently depending on what team you have. Some people are excited that they're going to have a break and, a, you know, basically a timeout. Um, others would love to keep their foot on the gas. Yep. Um, they feel like they're super athletic and the break favors the other team. Um, I think we split somewhere in the middle. I think we can use the tactics of it, but we did like the ability to to keep our foot on the gas. So we'll see how we can how we can manipulate things to our favor. Um, you know, you don't want to overcoach in those moments. I think adding a, basically a timeout per half, you don't want to overcoach. But I, I, I'm excited in the thought process of why we put it in. I, I get it. I, I see that from the rules committee. Um, and, and hopefully it does speed the game up for the fans that are watching so it looks a little bit more like uh, what they're familiar with in other sports. Um, but we'll play whatever's in front of us. How close is this game to getting streamlined? Because – the men's game, for example, right? You have rules that are literally at each level, even the international level. Yeah. Um, you know, for a lot of people that may be unfamiliar with women's lacrosse at the next level, post-grad, Athletes Unlimited came back this year, kind of taking over mm -hmm. WPLL. But it's a faster game, and things eight aside or something like yeah, that. Fewer but, people and a faster the, game. But yeah. the quarters, um, it, how close are we to finding that? If it's not – streamlining how close is women's lacrosse at the college level to finding its sweet spot i think if you're looking at it and you're trying to figure out why why are we doing what we're doing i think in my opinion a lot of the reasons why are yes we're trying to streamline but we're also trying to come together with um, a little bit of what the men are doing and and actually in fairness they're coming together with a little bit of what yep. we're doing um adding shot clocks and that type of stuff in years past um so that the game will look similar uh, similar not exactly the same at the college level for both men and women similar at the pro level and then hopefully when we go it sounds like it's going to be sixes for those that are not familiar fewer people if we get to the olympic level but it will at least feel like a similar game fewer people fast paced um, not just from the pace of play but from the speed of the actual time that it takes to play a game um, on a standardized field you know all those things that make it easy to follow for fans you know we still are super proud to be a women's game that is different it's not men's um, and we, there's a lot of pride in that. You know, the skill sets are different. With no disrespect to the men, um, you know, I think there's a lot more finesse in our game. Um, you know, our middies are our middies. They play up and down, and you've got to get through and play a whole game. You've got to run miles during a game yep. um, to play that position, and it, that's unique to us. Um, so I don't know that we want to lose that at the college level. So that's why you can see we've made concessions to a shot clock, a shorter shot clock. 
quarters. All of those things are pretty simple. Um, we haven't made a concession to take someone off the field yet, but that may be coming. Um, but if you're watching as a fan, things are going to be a little bit easier to follow and, and, and hopefully fewer whistles. That is uh, <laughs> for, hey, the neutral. Listen, yep, we, yep. We've all grown to love the sport for what it is, but yes, a couple less shrieks and that'd be great. Yeah. But um, coach, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I cannot wait for the home opener, which would be February the 16th against UConn. Again, that will be a three o'clock start here at Rafferty Stadium. And then that starts a slate of well, actually a lot of road games. For a lot you of road guys, games. <laughs> we'll, we'll enjoy the warmer weather time together. But um, best of luck. Can't wait to see what your group brings to the table. Thank you so much. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Stag Sports Network Spring Season Preview. Um, for you like this episode and want to listen to all of our spring season previews, well, all you have to do is go to fairfieldstags.com slash podcast or by subscribing to the Stag Sports Network on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check back on fairfieldstags.com for all your news and notes for all of our teams as well as schedules, rosters, broadcast announcements, and much more. You can follow Fairfield Women's Lacrosse on social media at Stags Women's Lacks, and you can follow us as well at Fairfield Stags on Twitter and Instagram and at Stag Sportsnet on Twitter. So thanks again for hanging out with us, and we will talk to you all again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.